Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, managing editor, FightfulWrestling.com, Fightful.com. Go over there and get all of your wrestling news. We also have MMA. We also have boxing news. If you're not a part of these live coverages, go over there, chat with all of us. We have over 1,000 comments in every uh, UFC coverage that we do now. We do pick'ems, all that good stuff. We got podcasts after Raw, SmackDown, uh, Wednesday for Listen Your Boy. Uh, after every pay-per-view, we have them on select. We have at least 15 a month. Our numbers have been exploding over there to the point to where we hit a certain goal. And myself and the founder of Fightful.com, Jimmy Van, have agreed to sing Ass Man as a duet. Our producer actually has to recreate this music as there is no instrumental out there. That should be a journey as well. Tonight, I am joined by the man who is on the Brock Lesnar schedule, Jeff Hawkins. Jeff, how are you? That'll make a good time for your Blue Chew ad as well. Damn right. And we are joined by one Alex Palowski, who doesn't need – you never need Blue Chew, but he's he's got a permanent – with the way the Bucks season has been going. Well, not tonight. Tonight they lost to the Spurs. but You can scheduled, find a negative in anything. It's a scheduled loss. I mean, it's the sec- second night of a back-to-back. Totally fine with it. We're going to get back on track in a couple of days. Man. Well, we got WWE Fastlane to talk about tonight. Going to hit you guys with some backstage news, some stats, lots of stuff here and there. If you all don't mind, hit that thumbs up, subscribe. We are on podcast platforms everywhere. If you can't watch us live, we are on Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, probably on Napster or something. I don't know. We're everywhere. Uh, check it out. LimeWire if you want your Lime computer to, to die or something. We, we can make it happen for you. A little bit of everything at Fightful.com. Or you can just go over to FightfulPods.com. Download them directly. Check it out. Again, the most direct way to support us is FightfulSelect.com, our premium service with news, uh, Q&A shows, NXT 205 Live reviews by Warren Hayes, the Weekender podcast from Steven Jensen. But without further ado, let's get into this fast lane show. First off, EC3 talked, Alex. Yeah, a lot. Like he had a full-on like, monologue. I do want to say that I love that his first word in the main roster was Mandy, <laughs> because I've interviewed that guy about five or six times. That probably would be the first thing that he would say mm. on the main roster. But Jeff, I was really impressed with Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville, it's not easy to kind of hang with EC3 and him going back and forth with you on a promo. I thought Sonya did pretty good. Oh, she's great. She's really improved in terms of her delivery, in terms of uh promos and stuff um are you gonna love the love triangle story though 
Probably. Probably. Considering those involved, I, I really enjoy EC3's work. I really enjoy Sonya Deville's work to the point where I considered quitting my job to start a Sonya Deville stan Twitter account. Mm. I think that would be lucrative. I think I could do that. But also backstage, Carmella is trying to get R-Truth in a title rematch via petition. Mm-hmm. Zelina is not happy about it. But Samoa Joe comes up. Does it, he'll choke out <laughs> R-Truth and Andrade. And Jeff, what I thought the best touch of this was, he then signed the petition. I love charming Samoa Joe just as much as I love intense Samoa Joe. It's like, what's up, ladies? I'm going to yes. put your men to sleep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ladies, ladies, ladies. You know, that's all he needed to do, really. I, I loved that touch. I, 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 I can wa- I'll watch Joe read the phone book at this point. Yeah. Alex, I thought this was one of the best utilized pre-shows I have ever seen in WWE history. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 they did a lot of stuff uh, backstage. Um, the Iconics coming out to the desk was great. Uh, anything to get away from kindergartner ass uh, Sam Roberts with the fake beard glued to his face for his nativity play where he gets to play one of the shepherds. Um, it's just, it's so weird looking at him. It does not look right. Come on. Um, it doesn't look right. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, um, I thought, I thought the iconics were great. Uh, I thought uh, EC3 and uh, Sonya Deville, like I love the idea of Sonya Deville, like protecting her friend from the skeevy guy. Um, which then later we're going to find out maybe she was still thinking about that while she was searching for crap under the ring. I don't know. But uh, I also um, loved the, uh, the Samoa Joe bit too. And, and there was other stuff too with the uh, with Kevin Owens and, and Kofi Kingston basically having a, a truce. Like I know I don't hold anything against you. And for this, because listen, if somebody came to me and told me this is your shot, I'd take it too. I like that as well. There's, there was this was a great pre-show. Considering that we're going to have one that's going to last what three or four hours in a month. Yeah. I'm glad we got this nice tight sixty minutes that advanced a bunch of storylines. We have a super chat donation from Charles Haskins. By the way, Charles, I did answer your questions from last Tuesday in a separate video, but let's go ahead and, and uh, answer this, and we will circle back to each of these throughout the show. If you want your questions answered, go ahead and send us a super chat. Is there any way Vince allows Becky, Seth, Asuka, and Kofi to walk out WrestleMania champions? Seth and Asuka are my choices to fall short. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for Seth to fall short, especially considering who's back in the fold now. But I don't think there's any way Becky loses. Uh, I think there's a possibility Kofi could lose, though I think that would be a mistake at this point. And I think there's a real good chance Asuka doesn't leave WrestleMania as world champion. Uh, Jeff, your thoughts? I'm pretty much the same. Alex, uh, I think there's a chance that all of our favorites, uh, our favorites, lose <laughs> um, because it's just it's just the way that. I mean, uh, somebody mentioned this to me a couple of years ago. It was like you have to think about who's going to be on the Today Show the day after WrestleMania as the champion, and that's who Vince wants to win the title at WrestleMania. Well, Brock ain't going to the Today Show. No, no, no. no. But but in that case, it was always the other guy. Who would be the champion or whatever? But I mean, they, they they since they did it with, I mean, it's it's always possible. I I don't know. I I there's no way all of our fan favorites win. So you got to figure out who's going to wind up, you know, being on the on the losing end of something. Jeff, are you having fun shuffling on your like two stepping on your table over there? No, no, no. I just uh, I ended up. Uh... <laughs> 
by the way, guys, hit the bell uh, on YouTube. It lets you know when we go live. We've heard a lot of people saying they haven't been getting notified. So go ahead and do that. It'll uh, set you up. New Day defeated Rusev and Nakamura in what I thought was a very fun tag team match. Lana's still in a boot, but most of this match early is setting the stage for the WWE title match. What Kofi was doing and a Miz, Mr. Miz promo. Now, before this match, Kofi Kingston was backstage and approached Kevin Owens. I was going to cover this all at once, but considering that they tied a lot of it into this match, I figure we'll talk about this part now. Kofi Kingston approaches Kevin Owens, Alex, and says, I'm not mad at you. It's your night. Do your thing. I think that is perfect booking for Kofi Kingston. He's not petty. He's not jealous. He's You can tell he's frustrated, but he's not holding this against Kevin Owens. He's not being uh, immature about it. He's being about as classy as he can possibly be. Yes. Uh, I also love that flanking him were Xavier and Big E, who quite clearly had different opinions about the matter. Like, Big E was, was, was given some hard side-eye to KO, and I like that a lot. I think that, that also makes sense. These, this is their boy they're sticking up for. He may be okay with this, but they're not. And there have been way more vociferous about that kind of stuff on social media, tying into everything. It makes a lot of sense. And I also love that KO says that that means a lot coming from you. Because at this point, we need to believe that KO is at least a decent guy, if not a baby face. Jeff, this is in tune with what we saw the SmackDown when Kofi was removed from the match as well, because Kofi was silent walking up the ramp. It was Xavier and Big E who were being vocal about it and complaining. And I like that because then Kofi doesn't have to complain because for better or for worse, if you can complain, some people will take that the wrong way. I, you know what? I liked what they did here. I'm just wondering, and maybe this is just a step too far. I thought Kofi should have said, if you win the title, I get a shot at it. I think that's, that was missing in all of this. It was kind of just simple to do. Okay. If you win, I'm coming after you. Or if you win, you give me a shot because you know I've been wronged here. Something like that, just to put the little bow on it. But overall, it was great. And I agree exactly with, with what Alex noticed. The uh, <laughs> It's like, I'm cool with this. Uh, but my boy's here. My boy's here. I'll punch you right now if you say anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, you know. This was a, a good match. Like I said, the early part of the match was more about Kofi Kingston and what he was doing as well as the Miz situation. Uh, Biggie's hot tag is excellent. So was Nakamura countering the power slam into a guillotine, countering the YOLO dive with a knee. Uh, SmackDown, even though Raw had a nice showing, they need to share some of this tag team wealth. This SmackDown tag team division goes like seven, eight deep. Uh, well, about six or seven deep now after after a split tonight. Yep. Rusev Nakamura developing some nice double team offense. They catch Xavier falling over the top rope uh, as well. Some good substantive uh, tag team wrestling. Nakamura pulls the rope away from Xavier in an accolade, which David Bixenspan raised a pretty fair question. Does it matter? Is are they aren't they still breaking the plane, Jeff? <laughs> it is a very well actually thing to ask, but yeah, I'm, <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> but Biggie Biggie attacks. They get the midnight ride. They win. This was good. A nice win for New Day. Not the greatest thing for Nakamura and Rusev, Alex. No, but I mean, at this point, if if they were on Raw, they would absolutely be that gatekeeper tag team that you could have Aleister Black and Ricochet beat a bunch of times because they're these are two former champions. 
You could say that, you know, Alistair Black and Ricochet, oh, they look really impressive there, as opposed to having Alistair Black and Ricochet having to beat your tag champions over and over again. So I, I think that that Nakamura and Rusev, yes, I think they could be used better. But in this case, at least they still got to look good. Um, they weren't they weren't sloppy. They didn't look like they were, you know, oh, how could we possibly defeat the New Day? Like, it, they're, they're competent tag wrestlers now. I like that they actually come out, and it seems like they're actually on the same page. There was a, I, I, I'm going to go back to this, there was a, a backstage video where uh, Shinsuke spoke in Japanese, Rusev spoke in Bulgarian, and then uh, Lana translated for both of them. I want that to be the actual gimmick. I think that's a great thing that they could do. It would help them stand out. Uh, I like this a lot. Like, for, for a match that uh, had zero buildup, uh, no real stakes because it was non-title. Uh, it was um, just booked out of the blue on Twitter to the point that one of the participants said, well, I'm glad that I opened Twitter today. Otherwise, I wouldn't know that I had a match this weekend. For um, for all of that, this was the best pre-show tag match uh, that I've seen in a while, you know, for, for no stakes at all. It was good. I'm, I'm happy that I got to see it. Yeah, they had like three false finishes, which, and I bit on two of them. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good fun stuff here. Shout out to famous artist Elias in our chat. I can't believe we are graced with the presence. SmackDown tag team titles kicked off the pay-per-view portion of the show, as reported on FightfulSelect.com. Miz got an insane reaction in his hometown of Cleveland. Uh, This was great. I I really like this. He soaked it up. You can tell that Miz was having the time of his life at home. He and Shane do, do a heart attack and... Shane emulated Brett. I thought they did it pretty good, too. Shane gets worked over by the free agency-ready Usos team. They are in free agency shape. That's for damn sure. Miz's hot tag gets the crowd going wild, including a big pop when he reveals the Cleveland Browns-inspired shirt. He does this big dive onto the Usos outside, flies into a double super kick. The Usos did a, a nice combo Samoan drop as well. Miz does a skull-crushing finale, but the ref was out of position. And then Shane, and I, I can't remember which Uso it was, are on <laughs> opposite top ropes. Miz is setting up for a coast-to-coast. Uh, the Uso is setting up for an Uso splash. Uso jumps off. Shane jumps off, hits him in midair with a drop kick. Say what you want about how it lands. That is a tough one to time, Jeff, and they did it. Oh yeah, I uh, I watched that and I went and I and I kind of went say what you will, and I also went say what you will about Shane. Uh, he goes out there to almost kill himself every week, and he uh, does different things that mm-hmm. people, that other people do not do. One of the things I love most about wrestling is when people can do something I haven't seen before. I haven't seen anything like that, at least in WWE. That was fun, and I love the. Um, the Miz fake pin to kind of give a red herring that Miz was going to be the one mad at Shane. I really liked that as a, as a little red herring in the storyline. Subtleties are important to me. I love that stuff. And that's not something we've been treated to a lot in recent years in WWE programming. And a lot of people always insinuated that it would be the Miz. So like you said, I I love that adjustment to go there. Uh, Miz eats knees on a frog splash and gets rolled up. The story of this match and the post-match really added this to me. Like, on my match ratings, it shot it up a lot because it was so good. Miz in his hometown, even though it's a terrible town of Cleveland, he he was still there, and they loved him. 
he and Shane raise each other's hands and hug Mr. Miz, and then Shane attacks Miz to a great reaction. Alex, what'd you think of the match, and what'd you think of the turn? Um, the match, the match was uh, was actually really good. I liked it. I loved uh, Miz getting to be like the biggest baby face he'll ever be in his hometown. He pulls off the shirt. The shirt's got Cleveland Brown colors. Says Cleveland is awesome with his little upside down WWE and it logo. Definitely isn't. No, it's not. But but to him it is. It's his hometown. Yeah. Uh, and it, then immediately after that, he comes up on the top rope and does like a, a high flying move to the outside. Um, and the crowd's eating it up. They love him. He's it's he's such a baby face. You were talking about that amazing Shane uh, to Uso to um, uh, coast to coast <laughs> interception thing. Uh, yeah, the timing on that is insane. Uh, and I always say like, of course, well, of course Shane's going to have a marquee match at at WrestleMania. He's Shane. But you know what? Like, as long as he's going to continue doing ridiculous things at like age fifty, why not? Go ahead. They're doing they're doing WrestleMania next year in a stadium that has an actual pirate ship in it. And I tweeted uh, that Miz uh, that Shane is definitely going to do an elbow drop off the mizzen mast because that's just who this guy is. He's going to climb the pirate ship and jump out of the crow's nest. Um, the ending, uh, the, the turn at the end, I I thought it was going to be Miz. But but it was perfect for them to have Miz be the babyface turned on in his hometown where the crowd would be into it the most. I don't know if he if that happens anywhere else. If I would have been sitting at my ho- in my home watching this, going, "Damn, Shane, that's 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 too much. You can lay off." But because the crowd was feeling that, and I could palpably feel it in on my couch at home, it added so much to that turn and the beatdown. Let me ask you guys this, because in about 30 seconds after the turn happened, I was thinking about it, and I was wondering if Shane actually earned the anger on the loss alone, and maybe I missed something here. I thought there needed to be that moment, what happened? Oh, I went off the top rope to do a frog splash, and then Shane going, you don't go off the top rope, you know, that kind of realization type thing, and then he gets mad. I thought that's what was needed, and the other thing, that bugged me a little bit was with Shane turning heel, you didn't need Vince McMahon being heel no, later in the show. Um, the, the one thing I, I will say that I, that I, I want them to use. I don't know if they will. They, they tease that the reason that Shane agreed to tag with Miz in the first place was because he also had a father who never said he was proud of him and never said he loved him. So, in the moment, at the end, after the Miz made a mistake and cost his team the match and lost, he went over to his dad, who gave him a big hug. And I wonder if, in the moment, you could tell the story that Shane said. In the moment, I realized, anytime I lose, my dad never gives me a hug. He tells me you fucked up. And that that in that moment, could you tell the story on Tuesday? Yeah. Shane coming out and saying that's why it it it, it made me snap. Because my dad never did that for me. Who are you, Miz? I'm Shane McMahon. Who are you to get love from your father? Like, I don't know. You know, I mean, there's there's ways of getting around it. I agree with you. Like, what happened at night certainly was not enough impetus for the beatdown. I thought it was the right city to do it in, like you guys mentioned. Uh, Miz being a baby face. I mean, it's even a thing like on WWE video games. When you build up your baby face meter, you're doing the high-flying moves. And <laughs> that's what builds it up. But maybe you're going for your finishing move. Maybe you wanna maybe you wanna finish somebody off with the 
<laughs> Dick Valley driver. But maybe your spirit meter isn't filled up enough. You've been flicking that analog stick all you can, taunting, doing whatever it is you can. But that strong grapple ain't getting the job done. Fortunately, our friends at BlueChew.com can help. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. But they're better, they're faster, they're cheaper. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill. That's why they're faster. They're better because you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises, and they're prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package with no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting at the pharmacy, and no more awkwardness. And they're cheaper because right now you can get them absolutely free by using the code FIGHTFUL. Just pay $5 shipping. Let them know you heard about about them uh, on Twitter at GetBlueChew. And you know what? Maybe you want to spend. Bam, that Dick Valley driver. Just over and over and over and over and over again. BlueChew.com has you covered. Code Fightful. Man. DJ Cass on uh, YouTube sent us a super chat and says, Do you think tonight was a very heated show? And do you think angles all night? Well, let me let me approach this. With all the angles tonight, I really don't know if I like this show or not. I think in totality, I enjoyed this show. I love the way that the table was set for a lot of these angles, Jeff. I think I agree with your uh, commenter because I I think it felt like (laughs) the the metaphor I used was getting a steak at Chili's. You know, you can get one with salt and pepper and it tastes great. But if you get one with this barbecue glazed bourbon sauce and stuff, it's, it's just too much sometimes. Sometimes all you need is the simple and straight ahead. And I think they made at least three stories a little bit too convoluted. I, I, I thought they, they, they're in a rush. They are further behind on figuring out what they're doing, on presenting to us what they're going to do at Mania than I can ever remember. So tonight they were like, let's get everything out there. Because we only have like three more weeks of stuff before we got to like actually put on the show. So it felt like they were like everything was being given to us right now as opposed to in drips and drabs over the past few weeks. Reminder, guys, the new episode of The Division, our women's wrestling podcast with Kristen Ashley, dropped this weekend. Go check that out. Also, Carlos Toro did an interview with Daga for our uh, Spanish language speaking uh, fans. Also, he did uh, English subtitles, so hey, you can check that out as well. Asuka defeated Mandy Rose to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. Asuka's problem in storyline, Jeff, is that she is distracted by everything. Stupid babyface syndrome. Where Non-stop. Music, someone, oh, something shiny. <laughs> Squirrel. No, yeah. just, 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 it, it, it. It hurts the story of everybody when the greatest athletes in the world, as WWE puts them, are so mentally weak. And they need to be a little bit stronger mentally. I thought this ending was lame as hell, though, Sean. I I don't know what you all thought. I thought it was lame as hell. And if we're getting this as a rematch at Mania. No. I'm Look, I don't want Mandy to – I mean, look, whoever beats Asuka needs to be a strong champ. We've already done the slipping on a banana peel stuff with her. I 
yeah. at some point it has to be brought up in storyline that you had this huge winning streak against all those rookies, but you came to the main roster and you get distracted by James Ellsworth dressed as you like, yes. I mean, yes, I agree. They should acknowledge it, but let's not realize that it's them who, who did that to her. Like it's, it's not, that's the story. It's a story, Alex. I I understand. But like this, the point is that, that it's a bad story. It's exactly. They never should have put her in that <laughs> position where she was like, "Hey, there's a figure on the on the apron wearing my attire. Is that me from another dimension?" Like that <laughs> never should have been a thing. It's am dumb. I time it traveling? Oh. It's dumb. It doesn't mean they shouldn't explain it just because it's dumb. Right. They've no, already no, done you're, it. You're right. They my, now, now that they've done it, they do need to explain it. What I'm saying is, they never should have done it. Of course, sure, but that's not where we are now. Right. That's right, been right, happening right, for. Right. For right. a year and a half, two years right. now. And speaking of, Mandy escapes an ankle lock off a distraction, hits a knee. Uh, her knee attacks are very, very good. I love mm-hmm. the one where Asuka tries to hit her with her ass cheeks and then gets caught up in the ropes. The knee hits. Uh, Graves says that Sonya Deville is looking for ninjas under the ring. I thought that was a pretty good line. Uh, the Angel's Wings is countered by Asuka with a knee of her own. Sonya grabs a kendo stick but leaves the apron up and Mandy slips. I thought that was clever, but the execution of this, I'm Mm -hmm. like, ah, clever finish. I see what they were going for. I've seen a hell of a lot worse, but this just, the execution in the ring was just fine. The execution of everything was just fine. It's just, it fell flat. And the timing uh, on the card was bad because we had just had a tag team partner split up angle and now we have another tag team that's arguing. Yeah, yeah. The, the if if your storyline is um, that Sonya makes a mistake and costs Mandy the match, your best idea cannot be Sonya spends most of the match looking under the ring for something, finally finds a kendo stick, which she will not be able to use without getting her partner disqualified anyway, leaves the apron on the ring, Mandy trips on it, and walks into the finish. That can't be the best idea you've got. I understand the actual storyline that you're trying to go with, but the pieces that they had to put it together, that's just wonky, man. I mean, also, there's got to be better ways. Oscar slapped Mandy mm-hmm. with that spin mm-hmm. kick. It was a damn nope. good one, and not nope. everybody can do a good spin kick. Nope. But uh, also, I- I'd like to say, there were ninjas under that ring. Why else is there a kendo stick, Jeff? <laughs> you know, this referee had already basically seen Sonya trying to distract her twice. I, I, it's like, it, it, well, I'm just going to go back and be focused on this match now. Not look at that person outside the ring, you know, flipping apron skirts up. But yes, you know, horn, I hate burying the refs. Yeah. Horn, horn swoggle maybe under there in a ninja costume. So, yeah. Mandy and Sonya argue to leave. They're both going to be fine. Uh, I, I think considering that there are tag titles now, interesting time to kind of go in this direction, but we'll see how it goes. So New Day is or it approaches Kofi Kingston, who is still waiting by Vince McMahon's office an hour later. I thought this was just magnificently done. I loved this. Because Kofi, not wanting to put himself in a worse place, is like, I've been waiting out here forever. And Big E's like, I don't give a shit. Let's go in here. And Vince goes, Vince is on the phone on his couch. Oh, goddamn. I've been waiting an hour. 
Hold on, let me stop you there. So Kofi didn't even knock? He said he was knocking. Kofi said he was knocking, and they kept saying, not yet, not yet. So Vince okay, I'm is, lying, that, is, Vince is lying to the New Day. Okay. Yes. We, we all know it. So, Good. Yes. Yeah. So Big E not caring, and Big E again being – he and Xavier being the vocal ones here. They're like, well, let's kick in the damn door. Just go in. You don't have to be polite. You don't have to ha- be happy to be here. Vince McMahon says that, all right, you're going to face two opponents – and tonight's WWE title match will be a triple threat match. As we reported on the FightfulSelect.com, Kofi was slated for a match tonight. Subscribe now. But Kofi has to go out for his match now, but it's not for the WWE title, Alex. It's against the bar in a two-on-one handicap match. Now, I saw this and I was like, ooh. Because for a moment I was like, oh, I kind of want to wait. I kind of want to wait until WrestleMania, but then I was mm-hmm. like, oh, he's not getting that match. This is why when I was told this, I was told Kofi has a match, and the person put it in quotation marks mm-hmm. for me. I was like, okay, the puzzle pieces are starting to, to come together. What did you think of this this booking, Alex? Uh, predictably, I was not not too hot with it. Like, I mean, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Um, I, I think that you can you can get – Kofi over, be, he's already over. Like the idea that, that you have to have Vince McMahon be a complete and total cock in order to get Kofi Kingston over is just absurd. He's already over. Like I understand it worked on the crowd later. They they later you you well here's what you were able to do. You were able to get Kofi Kingston over um, to the point that the crowd sandbagged the beginning of the actual WWE Championship match. For the first half of it, at least. Um, so I guess if that's what you were looking for, good. But Kofi's already over. You could figure out a way of keeping him over tonight without having to do this. And also, it, it then it, it also adds another dimension to this, which is, it makes me ask myself the question. So why does Vince hate Kofi so much as opposed to other people? What are, I mean, I don't want to go to that place. But I don't understand what other possibilities <laughs> there might be. Well, first, off, first off, first off, if you want a complete and total cock, visit bluechew.com. Use the Thank code you. Fightful. Um, I, I'm ready for them to explain it is the thing. Yes, I am too. And if it's as simple as a B-plus player thing, I buy that. You want to know why I buy that? Because I get doofs in my yeah. mentions saying, yeah. lifetime achievement award for Kofi. And I'm like, well, no, do you hear the crowd? Yeah. Do do you see his work? Did you see the performances? Have you seen that? And then they're like, oh, not realistic. And I'm thinking, son, Michael Bisping won a UFC championship after 12 years on a late replacement. And I, I see people saying, oh, it's just the Daniel Bryan retread. And I'm thinking, nah, it's not. No, it's, a, it's, it's got a, it's story. a couple of parallels. That's it. So, if that, if, if Vince's thing is as simple as that, I'm on board with that because people are actually naysaying that, not the majority by any stretch of the imagination because you get, we want Kofi chance later. But I think this is built, built great just because somebody's over. I don't think you got to stop adding heat to them, especially four weeks away from the biggest show of the year. Jeff? But you've told the story already. The story has been told over the last 11 years. You don't need to put any more obstacles in his way. You have the crowd in the palm of your hand there. You just have to keep them sustained. And the way to keep them sustained 
is just to keep Kofi away from everybody. And to me, it was take just him off what, the show or what? Not just take not take him off the show, but you know, build build the match, build it. Don't don't put him in any suit. He doesn't need to be put in peril. We don't need to feel sympathy for yeah. Kofi Kingston. We don't need to put an anchor around his neck, tie both his hands together and go, okay, go out there and win this match. Kofi. We had the underdog story already. It was the 11 years of his career that we already brought up in his history. All we have to do now is plug him into the story and build it and build it and keep it going because the crowd is already on his side. What they're doing here with the Vince McMahon thing is they, they're convinced we don't have enough people. We don't have them rabid enough. And they're already there, man. They're, I mean, the way that they deep six, the triple threat as it was says they have Kofi to the level they want him. Now all they have to do is find a way to sustain it as opposed to build on it. And this was building on it. Well, yeah. I, I- I think when I when I look at this, I'm like, did it hurt anything? And I'm like, no. And it got Kofi on the show. Did it, did it hurt him to get beaten by a former WWE champion and one of the more dominant teams, five-time tag team champions? In, no. In, in a handicap match with both guys in the ring against former former tag champs, yes, he's going to lose that match. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. is that this, this is a punishment. Vince McMahon is punishing Kofi Kingston, not just keeping him out of the match, but actively punishing him. And that's an interesting thing. I don't understand exactly. Please explain it to me. I want to be told what the, what the answer is, because at this point I'm like, that just seems mean spirited. Well, I I'm hoping they do that. If they don't do that, I'm going to have a real problem with this. Me too. But what? No, it makes him look dumb. Of course it hurts him. He's standing there while two guys come down to beat him up. Take the count out loss because they never said anything about well you're not going to be in the match if you're if you right. don't no no do I know this. it's it's dumb babyface stuff babyfaces never figure out a way of like well no this is dumb I'm not going to be a part of this no I have to be so valiant much, to defeat that's the thing that they always do with, right. with their babyfaces so, like, much, oh, I'm, so much of the story has been him being like, the he's the company baby he's the company right. guy. There's there's and, a there's a way of being valiant without having to hashtag overcome the odds. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just yeah. a weird. I, I don't like the overcome the odds thing has become this this thing that has to be in the doing forefront with of everything. Yeah, they're doing it with Roman. They'll do it. They forever. did it with Daniel Bryan for a while until they decided to turn him heel because it just wasn't working because they were doing stupid things with him. So I mean, yeah. this is their go to all the time. If you had one of these stories. It's fine. Having three of these stories where people have to overcome the odds simultaneously weakens all three of them. Who Correct. who's the third one right now? Ro- Roman and Becky. Rome what's Roman won tonight. Roman Yeah, but but he's coming back from He's I not mean, like a, a title picture or anything. Like Vince isn't okay. like so I'm not well, I'm not I necessarily guess, behind that. I guess you could say that that overcoming the odds was was basically all that Roman did for years before he he went away for well, for okay, I'll give you, I'll give you another third one: Alistair Black and Ricochet in a triple uh, threat match. I don't I don't see that as them overcoming <laughs> the odds. They got a title match a month That's after true. they That's they true. showed up on the roster. But if we're going to poke holes and and find like dumb things that any wrestler does, it's going to be hard to figure out anything. Yeah, but um, I thought Kofi came out of the smelling like roses. The crowd wanted him later. And I think when I hear that reaction at the beginning of the WWE title match, I think it didn't do anything but good. And uh, Kofi got a there. There was a match that happened. There were moves. Doomsday powerbomb on Kofi. The crowd chanted, "This is boring." And I, 
There, there are times when that's chanted and you can take advantage of it. I thought Cesaro did that when he pulled up Kofi and he's like, well, you're going to get bored some more. And then uh, New Day comes out to help him. I like that. New Day gave him the opportunity. They were banned from ringside. Then they were like, nope, not dealing with this shit anymore. Uh, we need a reason. We do need a reason why, why Kofi Kingston is disliked by Vince McMahon. But hey, some of this is rooted in truth. If you remember, have you all ever read Chris Jericho's book where he talks about how Vince McMahon picked on Kofi Kingston and Chris Jericho went up to Kofi and said, you got to fight him. Mm. And Kofi was like, what? And Chris was like, you have to try to fight him right now. And Kofi went up to Vince and said, do we have a fucking problem? Do we need to fight? Maybe maybe it's a little bit of uh, art imitating life. I think so you're filling in. The, I think you're filling in the blanks here and trying to. Alex does that every week on our show. What the hell are you talking I'm, about? I know that, but okay. Sure. Now let me ask you to this. When Alex they were talking about a disagreement that two guys had at a coffee shop that no, that he overheard. <laughs> and that's how you get them over. <laughs> Come on. Um, they had that moment where Cesaro and Sheamus were arguing with each other over who to get the pin. Did yeah. anybody else think, Oh, great. Third third match in a row where we have tag partners arguing with one another. Here we go. I need this all night. Come yeah, on. All night. Uh, kind I, of kind of appropriate that Seamus played like what was it, Rocksteady? Because he they looked like Bebop and Rocksteady at that point. I, I will say that, you know, after Rusev and Shinsuke come out to take out the new day, I am totally down for a uh, League of Nations do-over with uh with Shinsuke and Cesaro taking the place of Barrett and Del Rio. Like, that's only a giant upgrade in both slots. Yeah. Other stuff on this show. Elias shows up periodically throughout the night. And what, what I think was a great use of him yes. to trash the, the Miz, Kofi, Cleveland. He references LeBron and the Steelers. Does the same about Becky Lynch. Lacey Evans shows up and walks out, leaves. Randy Orton RKO's him. Perfect way to finish Elias for the night. He doesn't have to wrestle to be over. AJ Styles comes out, hits a phenomenal forearm. This is another thing I liked about this show. People who weren't on it got on it. Like, I don't know that you could have done this with Finn Balor. I, I don't know what he could have contributed on this show, but I know what these four people could have contributed on the show, and they did, Jeff. Elias as the Greek chorus is yes, the best. Say that. It is yeah. the best. Just, okay, I'm just going to commentate on what I just saw. For all of you, it's it's a very smart literary device. Now, Lacey Evans, I'm convinced that there, there were these Warner Brothers cartoons back in the day where you'd be having the cartoon and then this dog would just kind of prance across the screen and they'd pause and look at her and then they'd go back to what they're doing. That's what she's doing right now, right? Yeah. That's She's just walking. Th- I thought she was going to do this during the Oscar Mandy Rose match and that's how they're going to get out of it somehow. And they found an even worse way to do it. She, um, she is absolutely Oscar's nemesis. She but is a squirrel. But they've changed. They've changed <laughs> on her. They've gone from her being a heel and oh, look how snobby she is. To oh, look now she's adding some. Yeah, class no, no, to this no, no, show. no. Renee putting her over is just death. Do not uh-huh. do. She's just she like no. She absolutely is as our truth calls her, Mrs. Sexy Gloves. That's all she <laughs> is at this point. That's it. There's no. There's no character. There's no nothing. She's worthless at this point. Give her something to do. I don't need her walking down the ramp and back up like she's forgotten what like what she walked into the room for. 
Like I'm in the kitchen. Did I come in for my keys or uh, I'll just go back out. They're, they're, like, prepping that, they're prepping that battle royal win is what they're doing. Yeah, they mm. might, uh, yeah. I liked I liked the involvement from all these people. I, Rob, I, I thought it was a good good use of Randy Orton and AJ. And, and AJ. Yep. Yeah. Raw Tag Team Championships. The Revival defeated Rudin Gable and Ricochet and Aleister Black. I think they could have went a bit longer with this. It needed to be longer, but it was still very good. The Revival, uh, I think, I can't remember who it was on commentary that bring up why they want to be champions because of money. Take me now. Mm. <laughs> Just take me now. Right, in my veins. right there. <laughs> I want it. I love it. It makes sense. That's why you want to be a champion. That's why you don't walk out and take the, the count out. That's why you don't get yourself DQ'd. You want the winner's purse. Yeah. You get half your money taken away if you don't win. That's supposed to be the motivation. Uh, matching gear all around here, another tag team thing that I really enjoy. Rude and Gable got into EC3's self-tanning stuff. Oh, yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's something I didn't mention. And Alistair Black. Like, he's no longer pale. Like, they did something to that poor guy. He's now Alistair Blacker. <laughs> yeah, he's Alistair Bronze. Let's just call him yeah. Alistair Bronze. That, that's, that's better. Uh, earlier in the night, Sonya Deville called EC3 a walking tanning bed. I can't believe we didn't mention that. That, that was great. That was a good, that was, that was a good line. They liked it. <laughs> Revival did a relay suplex where they handed it off to another person. Dawson hung Ricochet out to dry. I'm a big fan of that Eddie Guerrero belly-to-back suplex that Dawson does. Man, am I a fan. Uh, Black does the Meteora to set up a Ricochet shooting star press, but the pin is broken up. There is a great Hurricane Rana from Ricochet on Dawson to the pile outside. Holy crap. Yeah. Ricochet flies over the buckle onto Rude. Shatter Machine on Gable for the win, and all hell breaks loose. All the teams attack, and then Black and Ricochet clean house. Jeff, this needed to be a little bit longer, but they got a nice showcase, but really two more minutes would have really helped this match. I like all these teams. I don't like this kind of match. It makes it, it's, it's far too choreographed. It's far too smooth. You need one team beating down some guys to make it go. And that's where the longer time would have fit in. This was a well choreographed. And this is what I like to call the, the theme park stunt show match where everybody, you know, Oh, he lands just now. Oh, and look, the guy's diving right on time for that. You know, tag team matches need to be a little bit more rough edged i think a little bit everybody got their moves in everybody looked good this was fine enough for a sprint but i agree a little bit more time where the revival are beating down a guy before pinning him versus everybody does all their moves and somebody gets caught right you know yeah that, that that's the difference to me in good great tag team matches and very good tag team matches this this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I not feel like 11 minutes, by the way. This felt no. like about six or seven. Right. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I loved it. But it's because, like, I I understand it for what it was. I agree mm-hmm. with you, Jeff. That that I think that there there are different kinds of tag matches. This is one that I you expect to see a, a tag match like this uh, on an NXT takeover 
where everything's just like incredibly well choreographed, put together, back and forth, all this stuff, which is, explains why all these guys have been in NXT so recently. But but I agree, there are other tag matches where where that kind of like more methodical beating down of somebody so you can set up for the pin. I can also appreciate when that happens. The fact that I didn't get it in this match didn't diminish this match for me. Right. But because like there were there are things like that I'm always going to pop for. Um, a chaos theory rolling German suplex directly <laughs> into a Dash Wilder splash onto the guy uh, bridging him. Like, that's nuts. I'm always going to pop for that. Uh, like, um, uh, Ricochet nearly maiming himself doing that hur- Hurricane Rana to the, mm. to the outside, followed by him seeing his tag partner in trouble outside the ring, all the way across the ring, saying screw it when he was fighting the guy on this turnbuckle getting down off the turnbuckle sprinting and diving over that 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 ring post that's just nuts like ricochet is otherworldly like Mm -hmm. it's just crazy what he does and so i don't want to see that guy in a chin lock for five minutes (laughs) i want to see that guy doing the things that he does but i understand there is the other side to tag wrestling that i can also appreciate that just wasn't in this match I'm wondering why were there tags in this match, as somebody pointed out on YouTube. Sure, why not? Yeah. Also, speaking of chin locks for five minutes, I watched, rewatched the Colossal Jostle <laughs> this weekend from uh, King Kong Bundy and Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant had an arm bar applied for five minutes in a row. Oh, boy. WWE United States Championship. Samoa Joe defeated Rey Mysterio, Andrade, and R-Truth. As we reported on FightfulSelect.com, there was going to be a change to the fast lane pre-show. This was it. Andrade and Mysterio pulled from it and put in this match. Joe hit a great suicide dive early that got the crowd hot. They were all about it. Ray does this double jumping Hurricane Rana on Andrade and Truth. And then Ray and Truth, like the same week they did the greatest Doomsday Hurricane Rana ever, they did another one. Amazing stuff. Our truth is 46, 47 years old and not wow. out of his depth here. He's still doing fun stuff. Andrade does a cork stick, corkscrew body press to Joe. Then Ray flies outside for another Hurricane Rana. Zelina kicks our truth and a fight ensues. Mysterio eats a Uranagi and a Hammerlock DDT. Then Truth does the five moves of Doom, including the five knuckle shuffle. Does an axe kick to Andrade, but gets broken up and posted. Ray does a 619, but he hesitates on the splash and gets put to sleep by Joe. That finish was a nice little touch that he hesitated, and Joe was like, here's my chance, choked him out. Alex, what did you think of this? Uh, I thought it was great. This is, this is the thing. Like we, we just just saw this exact match on Tuesday, and yet this match felt fresh and good and interesting, and there were, there were callbacks to the previous match and new things. Uh, different guys were on top at different times. WWE just really does these multi-man matches so well. I know there are so many people who say, I just want to see one-on-one every time for the title. I'm like, okay, yeah, but in this case, they're doing really good stuff. Um, I I think Joe looks so good with that belt over his shoulder, coming down to the ring all smug with the towel still there. It's it's perfect for him. Uh, You're right, R-Truth, 47, or as I just say, 112. Like, he's, he's crazy. He's crazy that he can do all those things still, and he's in, still in fantastic shape. Um, Mysterio isn't that far behind him in age and still doing these crazy things. Andrade's a future star. 
and I, I I I love that these four guys are in this thing. Now I'm now I'm I'm salivating at who's who um um Samoa Joe might fight at Mania as long as it's not John Cena because I don't need to see John Cena come back and get a title match when he's not going to stick around and win it. Bad news for you, Jeff. What do you yeah. think of this match? I know. Oh, oh, I think they're rerunning this thing at Mania with Cena involved too. I, I think I think all four of these guys have their Mania thing set. I think they're just going to keep rerunning this match and and doing that. I I liked it. Um, again, I, if we hadn't seen it Tuesday, I'd, I'd be far more positive on it than than I am. But it was good. I, I liked it. It was the opposite of this women's tag team title match. Boston Hug Connection defeated. Nia Jax and Tamina. Nia press slam Bailey onto Sasha, then powerbomb Bailey. Tamina is definitely having the best run of her career, at least from a relevant standpoint. Since this brand split, it has done wonders for her. It seems like she's always involved in something, at the very least, when she's healthy. But there's an ugly Samoan drop botch. Crowd isn't into it. Banks and Bailey hit a good assisted Meteora. I, I like that they care and they go above and beyond to. Look, do double team moves and stuff like that. But Nia and Tamina do not catch Sasha to the point to where WWE production has to immediately get off of them. And then Bailey hits them going about a hundred miles an hour on that suicide dive. Yeah. And I was like, damn, do you want to do that to Sasha? She's kind of injury prone. I don't <laughs> know if you want to hit her quite like that. Mercifully, Bailey gets the cradle win. This was not good, and it was not on Bailey and Sasha. Jeff, Bailey is a saint. Bailey is going to be in this company for ten years. She'll probably give up on not having a family, and she's always going to be underappreciated because she's not model hot. But she was a damn saint in this match. Nia Jax was terrible in this match. Nia Jax blew the Samoan drop. She's the one who fell during the double cross body. And I understand these things are hard with, with someone being there. And I'm forgiving of that. But Tamina wasn't making these mistakes. And Tamina is often thought of as being worse than yes. Nia. And I didn't, I didn't think Tamina was half bad in this entire thing. And including the post match, I thought she was quite good as a matter of fact. Um, but yeah, Bailey and Sasha care and they need someone who can work up to their level so that they can make these titles special. And I hope we get that. It's not going to be the Iconics, and I love me the Iconics. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be Natty and Beth Phoenix. That's going to be a nostalgia type of match. I think they're they're the people they need to fight are the Sky Pirates in NXT, yeah. EO and Kyrie, and they could have a legendary match against those two. Yeah, they're doing that standalone NXT takeover. Uh, when it's not a tied to a pay-per-view of the, um, uh, yeah. the WWE. And I feel like that's where they get to go down there and have a match with the Sky Pirates. I think that like will, will, will take, the, take the show. Well, speaking of Beth Phoenix, she ends up kind of going face-to-face with Tamina after Sasha gets thrown over the, ta- over the table. I love how they set that up. They all went scattering, and Beth ends up face-to-face with Tamina. I love me some Beth Phoenix way ahead of her time and glad that she's going to do something. But man, if I'm rusty, I don't want to be in there with Nia Jackson Tamina. She gets beaten up. Natalia makes the save. I like that. She didn't make the save in her goddamn gear because why would she be wearing her gear? Thank you. Um, it, it made, that made a lot of sense to me. I want to see Nia. I, I want to see Beth get the opportunity to have a couple of matches 
that she didn't get to have in an era where she should have got to have those matches because she was way, way, way ahead of her time. Maybe not even ahead of her time, ahead of WWE's time, because quite frankly, they could have signed the right people to, to facilitate that and make it happen, or they could have given her the amount of time. I'm happy to see Beth Phoenix back in the fold. Don't want to see him fight or face Nia and Tamina on anything resembling a page. I don't want to see it at all, really. It's going to be a three-way. Yeah. It's going to be a three-way at Mania, and that's just going to be a cluster. Um, you know, I, I agree with you in sentiment, but you can't get your athletic prime back, and that's my fear on, on this thing. The other thing that kind of – if you're going to have that kind of pose down, don't be wearing those big heels because it, Beth Phoenix dwarfed Tamina. <laughs> and looked almost as tall as Nia as well. I was just like, well, that kind of that kind of ruins their aura a little well, bit, but I'm fine with the program. I mean, it's not like best 45, 50 or anything. She's 38 years old. I mean, she's not like completely over the hill or anything. No. Nia is about to be 35 herself. So, I mean, she's not that far beyond. Tamina's, Tamina's older, I think. Tamina's like 41, 42. Yeah. I think Asuka's like 38. Yeah, so, so I mean, I... I don't have any doubts that Beth withdraw on your honors. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think age is the problem. I think, yeah, I think ring being rust. away from it for a while might be the problem. Yeah, she's been and, working out the last few weeks. And, and I would, I agree with both of you that if you're going to get back in the ring after a few years and have this kind of a program, you don't want to have it with these two ladies, you know, like that, <laughs> that's, that's not, a, you want to do that. Uh, that's not a good idea. Uh, um, but you know, I mean, I, I don't have like a, a very strong attachment to the divas of doom. Um, I'm, uh, Hey, I'm, I'm happy for Beth. If that's what she wants to do, we get back in and have a few matches and actually prove that that was, if, if, if the, the women's revolution had happened while she was still on, on the, on the roster, she would have gotten to have a go at it too. I think that's perfectly cool. I like that a lot. I just, I'm, this is not the program I need her to have. What are the odds they throw Trish and Lita into this mix? If they do, a more power to them. If it minimizes, you know who. Mm-hmm. WWE Championship match. This is one we're going to talk about. Daniel Bryan comes out. Kevin Owens comes out. Mustafa Ali comes out. Now, a lot of people were like, ah, oh, they nerfed Mustafa. They They ruined him. They did this. They did that. Jeff, you, your eyes widened. Do you do you agree with that? Yes, I think they needed a. I think they need a vignette like Kofi and Kevin Owens. I think they needed to give Kofi's blessing to Mustafa Ali because they sent him out here in front of a crowd that wanted to see Kofi Kingston, and this crowd reacted accordingly. They thought they were going to be able to avoid the Kofi or the the uh, we want Kofi chance by putting up another babyface that they've been building who got quote unquote screwed because of an injury. And they didn't get it done because they didn't explain it. They instead tried to make it a surprise when people wanted something else. I and don't think I don't think that's what they wanted. I think this was all about Kofi. I legitimately think it was. I think the reaction was about Kofi. I think the fact that they hid it until Kofi didn't come out was about Kofi. I think they recognize what they have. Okay, but if you think that, then they don't think much of Mustafa Ali. I mean, they thought enough of him to put him in a world title match and yeah to, to be sacrificed and get crapped on by the crowd and but was he was he being crapped on by like three minutes in uh, he wasn't being necessarily cheered well here's what they he wanted can, ko he can get booed 
Yeah. Spend five years away from WWE, get Mexican stem cells in his <laughs> knee, come back and be over just like everybody else does. <laughs> Pay your dues, kid. Um, I I am of I am of two minds on this. Um, I I I think that um that what you wanted to do by having this match be triple threat anyway. Um, and it's not Kofi, it's somebody else. I understand what you're trying to do there by getting Kofi then. And if that's the case, then it should be somebody that but fits mm-hmm. the storyline that you're telling, which is if it's Vince's handpicked guy, then it should be Randy mm-hmm. Orton or mm-hmm. the real AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. And let, the, let them being in this match feed that feud between them that leads into their Mania match. I don't, I don't buy him saying, okay, yeah, I don't like you, Kofi, but I like you, kid. You, mm-hmm. the Pakistani, uh, yeah, I want him. Like that, it's weird. Yeah, why, why does that have anything to do with it? Yeah, that's what I. <laughs> because, because it's because it's Vince, and it's it's okay. our perception of the way that of the way that he works. Anyway, I I think that it's bad. The fact that I love it is that it's 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 the fact that Mustafa Ali can get any crowd behind him if yeah. you just give him that time in that match. This he will do anything to get over. He will he will sacrifice his body. He will be absolutely insane. Um, he will um, he, he will not die until you kill him. Like there's no way you can keep him down uh, unless you murder him, as we see at the end of the match. I will say this: it is insane that Mustafa Ali is in a triple threat match on a pay per view versus Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan for the WWE title. When you consider that he was an alternate for the Cruiserweight Classic and had a guy named Zumbi from Brazil not had visa issues, which kept him out of the country. Mustafa Ali never gets put in the Cruiserweight Classic as an alternate. It's a good point. And we never see him. He's ne- Well, they had like six alternates because, you know, with injuries, anything can happen. The the fact that they picked him of the six guys to be to be the alternate when Zumbi had uh, uh, had his uh, visa issues is crazy that he's gotten this far and in the match tonight he absolutely proved that he belongs in this spot. I just wish they didn't have to have like it be part of the storyline where we know you want Kofi, but instead here's this other guy. Who you who you're gonna who you're gonna be upset is in the match. You know what this is? This is Rey Mysterio coming in last to that Royal Rumble. I just made that analogy. You know, come on, Alex. I made that analogy. Well, you already have the fans behind Kevin Owens. Why are you putting in another babyface here? Like, I, I, mean, I think, I think that's part of it. I think that that's true. I think that I think that's another thing about this match which made everybody kind of uneasy. Everyone expects Kevin Owens to be a dirtbag eventually, mm-hmm. like it's because it's it's all we've ever seen of him. So having him be this kind of decent dude, everyone's like, yeah, but I don't trust you. So having mm-hmm. that be part of it as well, like it, it makes everybody kind of apprehensive about this. But what I loved about this match is that halfway through it, everybody forgot. You realize about halfway through, there were no, there were no where's Kofi chance. They were mm-hmm. in the moment watching this match happen. I definitely, well, I, I definitely won't accuse something of bad booking just because I don't understand it yet just because I have some questions. I like that. I like going into the next show going, why'd they do that? Is there a reason they did that? They never explain it. Well, if they explain it, that's a good thing. And they (laughs) haven't traditionally, but of late they do sometimes. 
Sometimes. Oh, and I get the feeling misguided, Sean Ross Sapp. I want to take your optimism, your stupid Pollyanna optimism, and well, chuck it out of you. I think they put they didn't put Kofi Kingston in this match because this is about Kofi. And this is mm-hmm. one of those rare situations where this can happen. And the reason they put Mustafa Ali in this, I know, is because they believe in him and they believe that he could change those tides. And he did. Like all these people were telling me, Mustafa Ali, they put him in such a bad spot and he's dead in the water. He won him over in like two minutes. He did. Like that's how good he is. They believe in him. Daniel Bryan was shouting at the rooftops, where are our young baby faces? Get him. He's good. And they, they rode with it. They rocked with it. And I liked it. it would, I guess we got to talk about the match, which was freaking awesome, by the way. It was. Uh, Mustafa gets drop kicked off the top rope into the barricade. Holy crap. Owens does uh, what I call the Bam Bam Bomb on the Ali onto Bryan. That was very cool. A Spanish fly hits on Brian from Ali, but he misses the 054 on Owens, who does the stunner, not kicked out of. I like that. Something we'll go back to on a later match. Uh, <laughs> Brian breaks up that pin. Owens does the pop up Batista bomb for two. Ali comes back and does a 450 on the apron, Alex. As Jimmy Van pointed out on Twitter, not a lot of margin of error there. No. Uh, he's done that before. Like, if you watch all of his cruiserweight matches, as I did on 205 Live, that's one of his spots. He breaks out in the big matches where it's like all or nothing. I got to win this match. Uh, I love that he only brings that out in the matches where I got to win this match kind of a thing, if it's for a title or for an opportunity for a title. Uh, he he knows what his what his strengths are and where he can actually bring out his arsenal. I love this this maneuver when he hits it. There was no margin of error for that uh, Owens Tope con Hilo over the top rope, Jeff. Owens almost ate table. Oh, I, um, oh, God! I, I was I was so scared when I saw that saw that back, man. I paused that and I did it back in slow mo because I wanted to see if his head even grazed that table because I was I watched that I went, man, that is the luckiest man alive right there because he was his head would have hit the corner too right yeah. there and that. That could have been some uh, deadly, deadly stuff. But, uh, I, I, uh, I did love that extended spot where he and Mustafa teamed up to take out Rowan. I thought that was a really great little thing where like, okay, well, if we're going to beat Daniel, we got to get this giant ginger out of the way. Like, I thought that was really good. This was just outstanding. Uh, <laughs> Rowan gets taken out with a run into the post, but Ali gets pushed off the top rope, ends up with an amazing tornado DDT on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rowan power bombs him on the apron, spin kicks Owens. This leaves Ali and Brian in the ring. Brian, now I, there's a lot of times like some of the Dolph Ziggler stuff where he holds people's face and says, do something. I'm like, that's stupid. That's dumb. What's that accomplishing? Drew McIntyre goes to the well a little too much there. Daniel Bryan telling Ali that he doesn't belong there fits for so many reasons. One, because he literally didn't belong there as of an hour before the match. True. And it just fit. And Ali fired up. And because he got too emotional, the guy who didn't belong there, Jeff, cost himself the match, got dropped across the knee. Man, that was a hell of a finish. Oh, the finish was great. They're not going to follow up on this, though. Maybe not, but it... (laughs) <laughs> if they don't, you can always say that Mustafa Ali competed in a WWE championship match on pay-per-view, and it means a hell of a lot more than that Elimination Chamber appearance would have meant, true, uh, Alex. True. 
No, no, absolutely, it does. Like this, this is him being being said. Okay, um, we had we had a spot for you planned. You were going to be in that Immolation Chamber match. You were going to show out on that uh, on that Gauntlet match on SmackDown. Here's this thing. Pro- prove yourself, kid. And that's the thing is he always says, "I'm going to earn my spot." Like that's that's been his ethos since he's been. He if he's not going to. Be complacent, and that's what I love about this thing. Is that eventually, like, there's the things like the um, I'm on the I'm on the top turnbuckle, and I get shoved off. I'm gonna do a backflip and land on my feet on on the on the outside. I always feel like that's an amazing spot, and please don't break an ankle, like 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 he, because he's gonna do crazy stuff that's good that's going to endear us to him, endear him to us all the time. And I always just like I'm like, oh, please don't, please don't get seriously injured. Like I, I, I'm, I'm very happy that the concussion only kept him out for about a month or so, because I, he's, the, the, you can really strap a rocket to this guy and he'll prove himself in in, in crazy ways. I, I'm, I when when he came back when he was coming back and Samoa Joe won the U.S. title, I was very hopeful that that he and uh, Mustafa would rekindle that feud they had going before Mustafa went away, because I wanted to keep. Um, Mustafa as far away from this title picture as possible, knowing that everyone wants Kofi to win. Mustafa only kind of gets in the way of that. And, and it was like, we love Mustafa, but it's Kofi's time now. I'd rather it be like, we love Mustafa. Mustafa for U.S. champ is a different kind of thing. And that's what I was kind of hoping for. Well, Mustafa got hit with, I don't know, the, the global palming, the recycling plant, whatever the hell we named that move. Face palm uh, bomb? So I'm, I'm sure <laughs> I, I bet they're going to have Mustafa and Rowan. That's not me reporting it. That's just a hunch. Yeah. Becky Lynch defeated Charlotte Flair via DQ. Becky Lynch now added to WrestleMania. Charlotte is just such a fantastic heel. It's almost like she was born into it or something. I think that this type of work is something that could get the revival over even more. This stiff brute, like kind of messy style. Really worked for Charlotte here. She applies a half crab. Uh, not everybody needs to throw spinning shit because that spinning back kick that Becky threw was not exactly as good as Junior Dos Santos's against Derek Lewis last night. Charlotte gets pushed off the top rope. A countout is teased. Flair makes it back just to get put in a disarmor. But then Charlotte gets a figure eight. Ronda Rousey shows up and just punches Becky Lynch once. And that's a wrap. Alex... What did you think of this finish? This was Becky's first match, I believe, since the Royal Rumble. Yeah, it's um again, it's it's uh it's a weird circuitous route to get to where you wanted to go to begin with. I mean, they 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 keep mentioning it and then kind of like not following up on it. Becky Lynch won the Royal Rumble and therefore gets her title shot at Mania. She was then suspended past Mania which is why she couldn't compete at Mania. The suspension was then rescinded, meaning she gets her goddamn title shot back. They have not ever figured out a way of like, if you want to explain that away, fine, but you got to explain it away. Say that, say, say, have one person champion Becky Lynch and say she, she won the Royal Rumble. She deserves it. Have another McMahon come out and say, yeah, but Finley never should have put her in the match to begin with. And therefore it's Charlotte's and then put them both in, have a triple threat. It's a weird way to get around to it. I want my Becky Lynch hero to get into this match through her own actions and not having Ronda Rousey 
pissed off at the fans come out and give the fans exactly what they want. March. <laughs> give the fans exactly what they want by putting Becky in the match that they want to see. It's weird. The people that she said she was going to stop pleasing, but she right. wants to fight Becky is the thing. Yeah, she she legitimately too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, interesting stat. Becky Lynch's last pinfall or submission win on pay-per-view September. She's won by DQ, <laughs> eliminating people over the top rope. This is, this is why she has won. She has won by DQ, throwing people over the top rope. Uh, last woman standing. There's been that, but she hasn't pinned or submitted anybody in a while. Uh, Jeff, what are your thoughts? Becky Lynch after the Royal Rumble was the hottest act in this company. She is now the third hottest person in this triple threat going into WrestleMania. This was lame. This wasn't necessary. None of this was necessary. The McMahons didn't make it better. Putting the stone cold build on Becky Lynch. The injury thing is more of the Kofi stuff that we were going into. You know, why not just make make her an entire Thomas Hardy novel, make her blind, (laughs) make her deaf, make her a cripple, you know, the entire, the entire thing, you know, just, just go all out and just make it impossible for her to win. I, you had it. You had the hottest feud out there. And you decided, wow, we could make this better. And you didn't. And it, it, and not only that, like during this build, this is something I was mentioning. If you watched that smack or the raw, Becky Lynch is standing next to Charlotte when she's in the middle of a blood feud with her, smiling behind Stephanie McMahon. She is Ms. Corporate in this as well, smiling at Ronda Rousey the entire time. They've, it's not that they've blown this. Because they haven't, and people naturally are going to root for Becky. They got that. They had, but by trying to make this better, with when simple would have done, they've made it that much more convoluted, and they've now now have to try and get back to the point that where they were after the Royal Rumble, and they're having a hell of a hard time doing it with Ronda doing whatever the hell performance art she's doing. By the way, WWE <laughs> did not tell her to use the term fake. I have had several people in the company confirm this. In fact, when you see her vlog, she keeps herself from saying the word fake again Yeah. to say scripted. Mm-hmm. And they don't even like that. How do I know? Because that was a point of contention that almost had us get sued at one <laughs> point to where they didn't want us as a website to use the term script when we were leaking the goddamn things. Yeah. So I'm very aware of WWE's policies and feelings on this thing. Yeah. I'm with you, Jeff. I know Alex is with you too. They took a red hot angle. And oh, by the way, saying everything is fake undermines the result of the match that's going to happen. Yes. And if you're saying oh, all that's fake, but this is real, it undermines the point of all the other matches happening on the card. And yes. just because there's been a billion goddamn shoot interviews or WWE productions where they bring up ECW and WCW and they show Bischoff or they show Heyman or they show somebody saying, oh, we got them because they thought all that stuff is scripted, but this is real. Nobody with half a brain believes that Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch are really going to fight. Alex will understand this metaphor. Um, I don't know if you've seen this movie or not because you're not in the classic film, Sean. But The Good and the Bad and the Ugly, mm-hmm. where they build up the entire time to get to a Mexican standoff between yeah. three characters. Yes. Even if you didn't have Charlotte in this. Yeah. But now that you do, 
this is the equivalent of, okay, you have, you've built it all the way up. We have all these three people who hate each other. And we're getting ready to shoot it out. You know what would make this better if Indians came or Native Americans came down and attacked all three of them before the gunfight and they have yeah. to fight through that. And yeah. now they're going to go back and now they're going to stare at each other for a while. And you know what would be great then if the army came running through again and you, they all had to fight them. And then we go back to this, this three-way and then they finally shoot it out. No, you had it. You had it. And then you decide to just put a lot of toppings on this steak, Chili's. Yeah, it's it's like a kid the first time they have free reign at like the frozen yogurt bar. Oh, <laughs> with gummy bears and sprinkles and Oreos. No, you don't need all that. You've got, got a creative, you've got a creative team. You yeah. hired them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's it's a completely overbooked mess at this point. I believe still that the match will be very good and compelling, mm-hmm. but at this point, it is a giant overbooked mess i hate that becky is out there in that damn hobbling around on that knee just like here's what she needs to do she's she's, to- she's, <laughs> she's in the match now they can't take it from her you have a month before mania i never want to see you on tv again because you like you're you, you just sit at home rest your knee up do rehab on it there's like she's gonna keep on coming out there and somebody's gonna keep chop blocking her. Just stay home and rehab your damn knee if, if your knee is actually injured. Or do this for me. Be the last one down the ramp in this match, um, uh, at Mania, and then throw the crutch away because you never needed it because your knee was always fine and you were working Charlotte and Ronda the whole time. Do something like that because I, I can't stand this whole hobbling around thing. How will Becky Lynch ever overcome the odds is a stupid way to book to this to this match. Somebody, uh, Astro J says, Becky beat Peyton on SmackDown two weeks ago before the Rumble. You're thinking of Charlotte that hasn't won since Survivor Series. No, I'm set on uh, pay-per-view. Becky hadn't uh, yeah. won via pinfall or submission. I get it. Wrestle, uh, Royal Rumble is a January tradition. But it seems like they booked themselves into this situation because they have several months yes. in between shows. And my thing is, it would be easier to just book good shows. But if you can't, if I mean, there's stuff where they very clearly just roll over. And I'm like, should you have the Royal Rumble later? I don't think that's necessary. You just have good shows. And sometimes they do. Also, I don't know. Messed by putting Charlotte in it. Also, I don't know. It's even simpler. I don't know how true this is, but somebody told me that because Becky is walking around with the crutch, but backstage she's fine and has the stripe that she's being called speed racer. (laughs) Main event time. Roman Reigns headlines his third WWE fast lane event. He is now four and Oh, Mr. Fast lane, Roman Reigns. He doesn't even have a racing stripe. Seth didn't even bring his racing stripe. But the Shield defeated main eventer Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre. Oh, boy, I thought this was bad at first. Just not a Shield match at first. Then it got wild. Ambrose hit that flying elbow. Uh, (laughs) A double suicide dive hits for Ambrose and Rollins. Then Reigns got intercepted. I was, Alex, were you the only one that were like, oh, I hope we can get over this top rope? (laughs) and Corbin intercepted him and I was like oh kind of relieved here didn't even want to test it Uh, (laughs) Ambrose runs off the tables to take out Drew and Lashley 
everyone but Reigns and Corbin battle to the uh, around the arena. This sets up a high-impact stage dive on Lashley, Drew, and Ambrose. Jeff, how does Ambrose get up from that? <laughs> Well, you know, it's, 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 I have my future career and greener pastures to think about. Yeah. So I have to get up out of this. I, for, for, for Dean Ambrose, I just wanted the moment when he's, cause he's always the guy that gets beat down and gets the heat on him just for him to yell. This so wasn't worth it. <laughs> just that moment of regret. That's all I wanted. Reigns does a sit down power bomb on Corbin for two. And I cannot tell you how hard I laughed. Not out of maliciousness for the miscommunication that Reigns and Corbin had, but when Corbin's going for his goddamn boss man spot and oh, Reigns hasn't seen it for four and a half months, <laughs> throws his foot up and Corbin runs through his foot, screams as he runs up, oh! and then without, didn't miss a beat, yep. ran through the foot, came back and did it. Oh my God, that was beauty. He he, highlight. he he broski booted himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he did. Instead of Zack Ryder running through and kicking him in the face, he ran through the foot that was stationary. Aaron oh, Corbin became, at that moment became the Road Warriors. I'm not selling anything. <laughs> the hell with you people. Oh, it was great. Uh, I am a huge fan of Reigns not kicking out of the end of days because yes. nobody has kicked out of the end of days. Instead, it was broken up. Whoever made that call, good on them. Lashley gets stomped on a table. Corbin gets speared outside, and Reigns got some air on that one. Uh, Drew gets jumped. Camera cuts and zooms make me barf profusely all over my home office. He gets triple power bombed. You know what's happening. Superman punch, super kick, dirty deeds on Corbin. They have to bleep out Rollins cursing. Yeah. Jeff, he was pumped. It's on the network. They shouldn't be bleeping that stuff out. That's a good point. Triple power bomb. The three embrace. What'd you think of this, Jeff? It was that's once they got going. It was a nice love letter to the Shield. They played all the hits from yep. the from the uh, from their heel moments when they were doing the triple team beat down punches and kicks to the uh, triple team uh, power bomb. The one moment where I just went, I can't believe they let him do that. Was the Seth Rollins dive in the arena mm-hmm. off the railing? I watched that and I watched him land and I went. Wouldn't it be just like this company that he does a useless spot yes. like that for for a for a for a pop, and he ends up injuring himself out of the main event at WrestleMania in four weeks? That would be so like this company right now. Luckily, it doesn't look like he did, but uh, overall, it was a love letter. It was what it was supposed to be. They did it straight and they did it simple, which is what we've been arguing about for a lot of these other programs. Now the question is, Alex. Since WrestleMania is coming up, I know I know Rollins is booked. What are the chances we get the rematch of the century? Kane and the New Age Outlaws against the Shield. <laughs> WrestleMania, run it back. Probably not. Probably not. No. Um, no. I. I mean, there was. Uh, listen, there was a part of me that was thinking over overthinking it because I'm trying to figure out. Okay, well, WWE always overthinks everything, so I'm overthinking it in my own way. Um, because a lot, there was a lot of noise about, oh, Dean was still going to turn on them, and that way you could get, like, Roman sending Dean off, like, old yellering Dean out of the company at, at Mania. I mean, the the rumor thing is we get Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin one-on-one, and it's like, 
well, that's just a that's the second hour of Raw match. I don't need to see that at Mania. I don't know what we what we get instead. Um, if if you're gonna have Cena come back and do a match, I like to see Roman versus Cena, like actually do a a, a thing. You know, this is it. Like that's a match because it won't be for a title. It'll just be about you know bragging rights, and Cena can put the kid over, and you can do something there. Um, I, I don't know where this where this goes. Um, I think there's a story to be told. I don't know if I trust them to tell it the right way about um, Roman being like, you know, you know, Seth, you know, I, I'm I'm rooting for you and everything, but that's my title you're, you're that you're fighting Brock for. I never lost it. Please, for the love of God, because I, I want to see the top prize on the show. Right. It's right. time. Yeah. It's just time. Yeah. Uh, interesting stat coming up. Seth Rollins has won a match at every single WrestleMania in which he has competed. He's not undefeated because he lost to Randy Orton. Yeah. But every single WrestleMania that he has competed at, he's won from the two with the Shield to the uh, Reigns-Lesnar match to Triple H to last year when he won the Intercontinental title. Maybe something they can build upon. Maybe something they can do with that. Overall, I enjoyed this show. Uh, the Really, if, if you're thinking, man, I, I got to see what matters, you could probably stop watching this show, honestly, after the WWE title match. Because yes. the DQ, okay, cool. Watch a YouTube highlight. This was like what Jeff said. They played the hits, and they should have played the hits. This was the right thing to do. This was a greatest hits compilation of them from brawling ringside to the stupid fucking camera cuts even. Mm-hmm. It was everything that The Shield was uh, in a neat little package. But Jeff, I rather enjoyed this show. I thought they set the table for a lot of stuff. Some stuff I didn't like that they set the table for, but they did anyway. What are your final thoughts? The matches themselves were very enjoyable, probably with the exception of the SmackDown women's and the women's tag match. But if you turned your brain off to the angles and the logic, it was a fine show. That's and, and it ended well with the greatest hits package, sent the people home happy as opposed to just another angle with heat. So that's what you're going to remember out of this. So I'm fine with it. Alex, how about you? Yeah, I agree. Um, the WWE title match is the, is, was the, for me, the, the major highlight. Uh, the sprint uh, for the Raw Tag titles was great. Uh, Shane O'Mac had a great turn and beat down. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that, that women, that women's uh, Charlotte versus uh, Becky match was completely unnecessary if you were just going to have Ronda come out and punch Becky to get Becky in the match, which she never should have been taken out to begin with. And then the, yes, the shield, the shield match was a fine shield, triple a shield six man tag. It was a fine match, but yeah, we will be back here after WrestleMania. I think I'm doing a post show after the ring of honor pay-per-view as well. Uh, this, this week, in addition to after the, G1 Supercard, join us for that. Programming note this week, no listing you boy. Instead, I'm going to give you all a free preview of the Fightful Select service. I'm going to do a live Q&A show on Wednesday. Also, our MMA podcast at 1 p.m. this week instead of 2. We're here after Raw, after SmackDown, everything. On Fightful Select this week, Mr. Warren Hayes, go follow him. NXT 205 Live, NXT Review. Every single week, he runs it live. Check it out. We have a lot of non-WDB stuff in the Fightful Select Weekender podcast from Steven Jensen. I do a Q&A show every couple of weeks, but I also did a review of the ECW relaunch Untold. The Dark Match commentary, Jazz versus Lita, is up as well. We're always posting notes. 
We have multiple tiers with all kinds of uh, neat content. Go over there and check it out. I post features sometimes months ahead of time on Fightful Select. Jeff, let the people know what you're up to this week. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow my show at Shake Them Ropes uh, over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Shake Them Ropes. We just did a rewatch of my very first videotape that I ever rented. I rented it so much that the video store gave it to me. It was the wow. uh, <laughs> Pro, Re- Pro, Re- Pro Wrestling Illustrated uh, Great American Bash 1985. I believe it's called Ring Wars or Ring Masters. Um, I absolutely adore that match it's a it's a clip one it's only an hour long but it's a fun thing you can get that at patreon.com slash shake them ropes for as little as a dollar um and then uh chris novembrino and i will be reviewing uh this and the main roster shows uh that'll come out on wednesday and then on friday will be the nxts and 205 live make sure you guys check out shake them ropes alex you'll be with me monday and tuesday yeah yes i will uh we're, we're we are now uh, as tonight proved on the fast lane to WrestleMania, uh, there are there there are, there is way too much stuff for them to book over the next three weeks. I mean, this is going to be a lot of stuff to cover. Uh, so do not miss those post shows on Mondays and Tuesdays. Reminder, guys: leave us a thumbs up and subscribe. Hit that bell notification. That really helps. You can follow me at Sean Rossap on Twitter, but most importantly, visit FightfulWrestling.com. I have a great team over there. Uh, the reason we've been able to give you all more exclusives. More scoops is because of the work that people like uh, Jeremy Lambert and Andrew Thompson are doing on that news beat. That frees me up to do a lot of different stuff. So I want to thank them in particular. They killed it tonight on that end of things. Joe Holbert did great live coverage. He does the best profile features in the game. Check it out, you guys. Until next time, we are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.